This episode of Brand Therapy is sponsored by Hero Cosmetics, and specifically their Mighty Patch, which is a hydrocolloid acne patch. If pimples are a problem, then this is a solution. Try on a Mighty Patch Original overnight, and in the morning, that pimple should be totally flat. Very cool. And if you want to try the Mighty Patch for yourself, use code BRANDTHERAPY15 for 15% off on HeroCosmetics.com. Now, on to the show. Well, hello there. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. And this is the podcast where we explore how to position, build, and promote your brand. And boy, are you in for a treat. One of my absolute, and I'm not exaggerating, one of my absolute favorite humans on the earth and favorite content creators online. Wasn't available. Say what? wasn't available so you <laughs> <in>. <laughs> no and i was gonna say our first return guest yes Catherine has been on our podcast before there's so many layers to this onion yes oh my god katherine has been on the podcast before as a guest she's returning as an expert one of my favorite content creators in the universe is Catherine, and you are here Catherine Gladwin, you are literally here and I'm so happy you're here. You're here as an expert today. Are you ready for that, first of all? I'm very excited, actually. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it all the week. When you invited me to book as an expert for the podcast, I'd, I'd literally booked it before your, your email had even settled in my inbox. It was like, oh my God, I'm getting this before he says, oh, sorry, it was sent to the wrong Catherine or something like that. <laughs> so literally, I go over to LinkedIn pretty much just to read whatever you've posted that day. I mean, LinkedIn is, for me, I like it, but you make it better because you just... I don't know how you do it, but you show up so consistently online and you always make me belly laugh. I mean, literally, that's you. That's the role that you play in my life. First question, how do you feel about that? I love it. I love that I make you laugh. You know, that's what I want to do a lot of the time is I, I'm an only child, so I want attention. And if I can make people laugh, it makes me laugh. It makes me happy. But it's fantastic. And I think as well, it's so important to follow people on LinkedIn or connect with people on LinkedIn that do make you laugh because it, it gets rid of the boredom, doesn't it? Do you find? I do. I do find that. I think I'm particularly fascinated with how you're able to translate your humor on a platform like LinkedIn. How do you take ideas from here and get them here? You know what I mean? Because it's one thing to have a conversation with someone and tell a joke and make them laugh. But I think the minute that we have technology between you and me, it becomes a little trickier, but you do it effortlessly. How do you do that? I don't know. Um, well, I'm just going on what how I write at the moment. So I don't intentionally try and make people laugh, but I do write as I speak. So it is kind of loose. It is just, it is a completely, complete brain dump. I had an imaginary friend when I was two called Graham. And I think it all stems from there is this wild imagination. And I love, and I wish, I've only sort of understood this probably since being a business owner, but I love that there is always somebody out there just like you or gets you. And I think sometimes I test it, you know, and I'll put something weird out there that my brain is thinking. And there's always somebody that will come back and go, oh my God, yeah, 
I agree, or I was thinking exactly the same, or I went through that the other week. And that, even though that's not business speak, it then attracts people just like you that get you. And then they convert into fantastic clients if they want to be clients, don't they? So it's more like brain dumps. It's just what's going on in my brain, Phil. And nobody's really understood that for 43 years. (laughs) Okay, I have a question because I am also connected with you on LinkedIn. And I also love love your content. Phil mentioned that you've got big communities also on Facebook that you've been retweeted like 600 times on Twitter. So I was wondering if you could kind of walk us through your content process. Where do you get your ideas? Where do you write them down? If you do write them down at all, what systems do you use to make it happen? Like how far ahead do you how plan far your ahead? content? Yeah. Yeah. All that. So one thing, and this is a tip, I I run a VA membership, and this is what I share with them. I list all of my services and everything that I do in a spreadsheet, old school spreadsheet with all, you know, so I put MailChimp, bookkeeping, VA mentor, things like that, and put tips underneath each one. And they can be really little tips. So I could maybe do MailChimp tip. Did you know you don't have to pay for an account? You can just get rid of your unsubscribes or something like that. You know, that's just one little tip. And then what I do is I put that out again and again and again using Meet Edgar is the system that I use. But a lot of my content are just tips about what services I offer. So it's sharing my knowledge and my expertise that way. I've got a big bank of blog posts. So they go out again and again and again. I also do some YouTube videos and I'm building those up slowly. And I share my testimonials as well. So all of that is scheduled. And then the brain dumps are just done in bed in the morning. None of that is ever scheduled. That's always just done there and then. And I don't really know where it comes from, but it's taken time. I mean, this is recorded around the time that the UK is in lockdown. The US is in lockdown. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lauren, I was talking to you, you're in lockdown because of the coronavirus. And I think if it's taught me anything, it's that there is, you know, almost a 50-50 divide with anything. So I love that when I put something out, I will find people that resonate with what I'm putting. They will have a laugh with me. But equally, it helps to know that there's perhaps 50% that are going to argue with me and mansplain something or woman-splain something or, you know, and try and start a fight. And that helps to get rid of those people in your mind as well. How do you not get too derailed from those people that want to comment, that want to fight, that want to like we call them keyboard warriors. I've heard them called, you know, like, how do you not let that derail you during the day from your work? Uh, I do. (laughs) You do? Yeah, I do sometimes too, admittedly. I take it too far all the time. But I try and make sure that I reply to everybody or at least like their comment if it gets a bit too busy. And some people say, well, you can't be busy if you're doing that. But that's what encourages more people to reply to me. And I will also reply to the trolls as well. You know, you can call them trolls. They're just people with a different opinion, aren't they? And I will more often than not try and outsmart them, not through intelligence, just through smart words, you know, and and maybe being a bit cocky. But I do need to step back from doing that. I do need to grow up a little bit because, you know, (laughs) while it's fun, it's also antagonistic for people. 
But at the same time, as you said, I think people know that you're so reliable when it comes to replying and engaging that I think that encourages engagement, which more engagement means more visibility on your posts, which means you staying on the radars of more people, which is kind of part of the goal. And that's why you prioritize that, which I think makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So have there been any posts recently you can think of that you posted and were very controversial, did summon the trolls. And, and so tell us about them and also let us know if you would do it again, retrospectively. You know, the reason I'm thinking is because there's probably been a lot and I'm choosing which <laughs> one is the, is the best. I want to say if I've done something like that, but I, there's, there's probably a 99.9% chance I have and I would absolutely do it again. I don't go out there to wind people up. Not always anyway, but sometimes you do just rile people. But again, it's that 50-50 thing, isn't it? That some people will agree with you. Sometimes I comment, more often than not, it's, it's my comments on other people's posts that wind people up because I share my opinion on something and it often doesn't resonate with the person that's originally posted. You know, people start these posts, what do you think? Blah, 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 blah. I go and put my comment about what I think. Then they're like, how dare you disagree with me? <laughs> This gets into an argument. So yeah, we'd do it again, again and again and again. <laughs> so how often do you comment on other people's posts? I'm probably commenting at least on two different people's posts a day, sometimes more, depends whether the content is okay. If it's, you know, one of, if this is a really popular awareness day, then the posts, you know, if it's cat awareness day or something, then the posts don't interest me and I won't comment on anything. But if it's something that interests me, whether it's business or personal, then I do like to comment and have a conversation. Interesting. And do you find like you get potential clients or members from doing that? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the busiest platform for my clients or potential clients to come to me. The conversations will often start if they come over to email, it'll often start I've seen you on LinkedIn or I've been following you on LinkedIn for a while. Just this week I had somebody say, I need to get to grips with MailChimp can we go on a call so that you can show me how to use it? And, and I thought, well, I can't just jump on a call. I charge for those. So I said, yeah, sure. Book a power hour. Booked it straight like that. I'd never heard from her before. It was just three messages and they booked a power hour with me. So I'm going to say, that, I mean, it used to be Facebook that I'd get all of my clients, but it is LinkedIn now. Apologies, Phil. I can see I'm waffling on. No, there's a few interesting things to unpack in what you just said, and I'm really excited. So one that I want to get to in a second is that that graceful transition to I don't work for free, hire me, honey. Let's unpack that in just a second. But you made a very interesting point, even if you didn't realize that you did this. But for people that struggle with content creation, putting out their own content, I never thought of it this way until you just framed it. But rather than being so focused on what you post on LinkedIn, rather than just being focused on that, maybe you post on LinkedIn a few times a week if you're just getting started, but make a point of commenting on other people's posts, almost as like training wheels for content creation. Because I'll be honest, I see almost every comment that you make on other people's posts. People that I'm not even connected with or know, but LinkedIn is still in the way that it's structured its algorithm is still serving because I engage with you so often and we get into trouble, you know, people serve me what you post on other people's content. So that, isn't that interesting, Lauren? What an interesting training wheels approach to content creation rather than being so focused on what you're broadcasting. Actually, 
first start by commenting on other people's content. Absolutely. And and I, I, I suppose I just threw that out there and didn't actually think about it. But I do say that to the VAs that I train, that if you're, you know, a lot of them have got this fear of social media. And I say, just spend 10 minutes a day commenting on other people's posts until you find your voice and you know you're not going to say something that means the paparazzi are going to be outside your front door and you're going to be splashed all over the British tabloids or anything like that. But yeah, commenting on other people's things, but also likewise, make sure you're, comment, you're not commenting on competitors' stuff because otherwise you're going to highlight that to your audience. So if I kept commenting on every virtual assistant that does exactly what I do, Phil, you'd keep seeing those in your feed, wouldn't you? And it would yep. direct you to my competitors. Yeah, that's a really good point. Let's go back to this moment where someone, a stranger reaches out to you and says, I need help with MailChimp they might think because you're so approachable on social media, you'll just quickly give them five minutes to pick your brain or now virtually since we can't, you know, let's have a coffee. Can I take you out for lunch? Yeah. Now it's like, actually, I think being virtual, as you mentioned at the time of recording this, we're all self-quarantined. It's actually better to create that distance of kind of respect me and what I do professionally. How do you navigate that? You mentioned that kind of graceful, what I call graceful little transition into hire me. Can you explore that a bit further on how you handle those? Sure. So the message this week was much like a lot of the messages come through. And it's um, this lady in particular wanted help with understanding MailChimp. So the message was, I've got a MailChimp account. I really need to know how to use it. Have you got five minutes to show me? Or could we jump on a course you can show me? And my reply was, of course, what you're asking, I can absolutely do. So straight away, it was a yes please book a call here. And then I link to my Calendly I use, and that's connected with Stripe. So as soon as she hits that button, she can see that it's a paid for service. In this instance, I also gave her a link. I also explained exactly what the power hours do so that she knew it was for her. And she booked it straight away. And we're speaking next Friday. That's great. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like as people who are in the client service business, all too often, I find myself feeling like I need to make excuses for why I can't do the 15 minute free call. And I feel like like the sort of yes and mentality that you're talking about is just a really good way to not feel guilty or not showcase that you're feeling any sort of guilt or doing something wrong by charging for a call. Yeah, I did. I mean, I'll give you an example. It doesn't always convert because um, and I think it's, it's good for me to mention that it's not always positive. But I had somebody get in touch that was interested in being a VA. She lives near me and she got in touch and said, um, I wondered if we could meet for coffee because I've got loads of questions about starting my own business. And I thought, well, what's in it for me? You know, you're not even offering to buy the coffee. And I don't do face to face anyway, because it's it's a palaver. So I replied and said, yeah, of course, book your call here or you could buy a copy of my book because I can direct people to my book. She never booked a call. I never got a thank you, never got a reply or anything. So, you know, they don't always convert, but I'm happy because there's no way I'm meeting for coffee when I've got work to do. Every hour is your hourly rate is what I say to people. So a coffee is not my hourly rate. (laughs) Right. We completely agree. People wonder, Phil, why are you always traveling? Not Phil, how are you? Phil, where are you? I'll be honest. It's like 
I love being away from being forced into human interaction. Lauren hated it for a few months because she was in LA. Now she's back in Vancouver. But when she was in LA and we had like LA clients that love meeting in person, like, oh, let's go for lunch. Let's go for dinner. Let's have a coffee. Let's have avocado toast that's gluten-free. And I'd be like, Lauren, can you meet this person? She did it a few times, but... But then I said, no. Because it's like, okay, it takes me half an hour to get ready, do my makeup and hair. It takes me an hour and a half in LA at best to get wherever they want me to meet them because no one will ever come meet you or meet me. And then it's like you have less control over monitoring the time in person because you can't be like, oh, hours up, gotta go. Like you can't just hang up like on a Zoom call. And then it's another two hours back. And then my whole day is gone. I'm exhausted. Can't do any other work because I'm too tired. Yeah. <laughs> At least for me. Talking is exhausting. It really is. It is exhausting. So doing an hour's call, that's why I charge for it because I then need to sit down. I'm 43 now and then then need to sit down after I've done an hour's call. But Phil, you just, you reminded me, you, you asked earlier in the, the recording whether um, I'd ever put like a bomb post out that wound everybody up. And it reminded me of one where I put about giving your time for free that you shouldn't. And all these mini Mother Teresas came on and, and argued with me. But, you know, it highlighted all of those people that would never appreciate what I'm worth. So that sounds a bit like supermodel, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they appreciate that I'll get out of bed first. Well, it's about framing it in a way I think that's productive as a business owner, as a content creator. For a long time, I was upset by people that would unsubscribe from my email newsletter. And now I'm actually happy when I see people. I mean, I'd say if if there's a large number of unsubscribes, I think, okay, maybe I overstepped in some way. However, when there's, you know, I get probably on average between maybe six and 12 people per email. And I'm actually now of the mindset where I celebrate the fact that they're gone because I don't want those people consuming what we work really hard to create and essentially give away. So it's all about mindset, isn't it? Absolutely. It still hurts though, doesn't it, Phil? Just a little bit sometimes. A little bit. Oh, a little bit. A little (laughs) bit. If it says like 20 unsubscribes, I'm like, uh uh-oh. Yeah, for some reason, it started emailing me every time somebody unsubscribes. And there was one this morning and I thought, oh, oh, you know, I've not even sent an email. (laughs) (laughs) What made you prioritize that today on your to-do list? Right. I know you have to turn off the emails, turn them off. The other thing too, is that even if someone unsubscribes, it's not because they don't like you. It's because they've signed up to your list with two emails. So that's another excuse that Mm -hmm. I give for if the number's high. You see how (laughs) I'm dealing with this. Yeah. (laughs) I might be a MailChimp therapist. Yeah. There's your new title. for a little break so we can tell you about our sponsor this week. Our sponsor is SaveTheChildren.org. Save the Children believes every child deserves a future in the United States and around the world. They work every day to give children a healthy start in life, the opportunity to learn, and protection from harm. Right now, the coronavirus is the biggest global health threat of our lifetime, threatening children in every way. COVID-19 has already left many children without caregivers, out of school and exposed to violence and exploitation. And sadly, child poverty is rising. 
With your support, this organization can help children in unsafe households and help support distance learning in the face of school closures. Even $5 can buy a baby's first book providing comfort and inspiring a lifelong love of learning. Go to savethechildren.org slash savekids to learn more. And now back to our conversation with Catherine. Catherine, I have some questions about your pipeline and your overall sales process. So this is something that we've been spending a lot of time on recently is like converting over to a proper CRM, just like really nailing down what those steps are when someone wants to work with us. And I've been doing a lot of research too. And it feels like everyone kind of has an opinion of what is and isn't a good sales process. So I'm just curious to know, like, do you have one? Do you have a way that you store leads? Are you more like us, like free flowing? Yeah, I'm kind of free flowing, I think, more than anything. I do have different folders in my inbox. So if somebody replies to one of my newsletters, I pop it in a communication folder. It's labeled communication. And then sometimes I might go back to those people if I've got a specific offer that's relevant to something that we've discussed. But no, there's not really any sales process. I've got my sales funnel, if you like, because I've got two arms to my business. I'm a VA, as you know, and a VA trainer, as you know. And with the VA training bit, I've got my book, How to Be a VA. So that usually begins the sales process. But I don't document it anywhere because the book's now sold on Amazon. I don't see who's buying it anyway. Right. Interesting. I also wanted to know, you mentioned that you're really big on your blog and that you've also got sort of like those steady posts on Egger that are always going out. Do you put that in your calendar to plan it out? Is Or like, do you have dedicated writing time or do you, are you again, free flowing, do it when you feel like it? I've always got the spreadsheets open. And I've always got Meet Edgar open. And even though I'll put it in Meet Edgar, I'll also duplicate it in my spreadsheet in case what I, I lost one of them if Meet Edgar suddenly went bust or something, you know, and, and I lost everything. But it, it's more when I get an idea, I will chuck it in the spreadsheet and in Meet Edgar. Yesterday, I came up with a blog post that wasn't planned. It was just relevant to the world today as it stands. And yeah, there's not really much planning going on there. Love it. I love it too. In fact, a lot of my favorite content creators are people that are not super deep into systems and automations and stuff. And I like that stuff. But a lot of times I feel that I get too deep into things where it prevents me from, for example, finishing my content doc, my Google doc that Lauren's like, can you please finish this? And I'm like, oh, it needs to look nice. I need to like, you know, it needs to be branded. And I'm like, literally one hour later, fussing with the header layout. I get too hung up on systems and automations to the point where I have to remind myself that honestly, sometimes it's about being in the moment. You still should be disciplined. Like you've got 15 minutes to spend on that, spend it appropriately. Spend your time on social media as a marketer, not as a consumer is another thing I remind myself. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. I think if I did have a plan and I went against that plan, it would stress me out too much. So I'm happy that I do dedicate enough time to social media and to my content creation. If I felt that I was failing at any time, I would create a plan for myself because I know how important it is to be consistent online. So I took three months off at the end of 2019, beginning of 
2020 and my content was still going out there. I was still writing blog posts as well. So it's important to keep going. It's true. You mentioned that. And I knew that you had time off because you've had some really big health challenges. And actually, you were still there. You were still online. I know you took time off, but I still, I didn't even really notice that you were gone. You know, I knew you were because you send updates and everyone was obviously wishing you well. Well, maybe not the trolls, but everyone else was. <laughs> um, and but that's actually really cool is to think. So, for example, if there's going to be time where you're off or to just be organized to have that bank, even if it's a classic spreadsheet, like how classic is that? Like keep it simple and just work from a spreadsheet and stay organized and make life a little bit easier for yourself as you try to exist in real life and also exist online. It's like about keeping those two experiences consistent. Absolutely. And just always you- remember that you, you, you always start from zero. So if you've got no content, don't think, oh, there's no point because I've got nothing to put out there. We all start from zero and we can build it up. And then our tone of voice maybe changes a little bit as we get more confident with using social media. And, and then our whole content changes. You know, if I was to refer back to some blog posts I wrote back in 2015, 2016, I'd probably cringe because I was trying to be something I'm not because I, I was still in the corporate world then. So if anybody's out there and and hasn't yet even thought about creating content, it's fine. Start today. Just put one post out there or create one tip. I think you're proof of the power of being consistent. And one of the reasons I wanted to have this chat today is just because of how much you've grown. Since when you and I would have first met, I don't think you had the VA membership. There were a a lot of things you're doing now. You did not have the reach then that you have now. And that is literally obviously hard work, but hard work and consistency in terms of just showing up and being present and staying on people's radar. I think that's really cool. Do you think that now people from working home, do you think that things are going to change now in terms of people being forced to work from home? Do you think companies are going to be a little bit more lenient now with letting their employees work from home, realizing that actually you can be really productive? Yeah, I really do think so. And I think it's going to save businesses all around the world so much money because they're not going to need premises and also time because you have these chats, don't you, when you work in a in an office? Like, oh, how was your weekend? Like you even care. Just, it drove just, me yeah. mental. Oh, yeah. And oh, look, nobody's emptied the dishwasher. So it's just, it, it's, you're much more productive, I think, when you're not around people. There's, it's obviously for those that, who's only, conversation is work I'm you know I feel sorry for those that are at home at the moment because as I said we're, we're in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic but I think a lot of businesses will perhaps stick to this I also think it's going to be great for the VA world because yeah. people can work with us ad hoc instead of having us on PAYE yeah well, which is English for employee yes that's right that's right and I think you're totally right our worlds I mean obviously our businesses may potentially evolve from this. But if there were ever three people that weren't painfully affected by what's happening in the world, it's these three that you're looking at, that you're listening to right here. I think there's a lot of lessons there. My Instagram post that goes out today is about like, manage your time. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your time. You can go watch Netflix and eat Oreos. And that's fine if that's what you need right now. But you could also be building something to show for your passion, to show for yourself that you're in complete control of, which is what I'm doing. 
you know, I'm not like less busy. If anything, we're more busy and I'm grateful and I appreciate it. I'm also helping a lot of people that don't have resources right now necessarily. But I think it's a wake up call that you can build something that you're in control of. You can work remotely. You can be just as productive, if not more productive at home than at work. I think it's going to be an interesting time. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. I think it's a money saver as well for many businesses. Yeah. I had one more question I wanted to ask you, but I have a feeling I know what the answer is going to be. But um, Ask it anyways. Okay. So how often do you let the analytics or performance of your posts affect what you post in the future? Never. I knew it. But it could be subconscious. Maybe subconsciously I am taking it in and thinking, oh, okay, that caused a lot of aggro and I'm not in the mood for aggro today. So I won't post something that's going to get a lot of people het up, you know, and angry. So today on LinkedIn, I've posted that I've positioned my desk at my front window so that I can keep an eye on the neighbours. I'm like a little mini police enforcement officer sat here but and I knew that that would be perhaps fun for people and people could probably relate to it it's not gonna necessarily wind people up so yeah I probably think about it a little bit I know who my audience are I can tell you their age range I can tell you what sex I hit most of the time and you know I can tell you where they're located but I'm not looking at my reach or how many people like me or or anything like that all instinct Yeah, all instinct. And I think knowing your audience is what you lead with. And that's more important than anything else. People get so caught up in themselves. And here's what I want to say. You know, I want to put this message out. It's like, well, no one really cares about your message. You need to think way more about your audience and what they want and pair your perspective with what they want. And I think what you do so well is you don't take yourself too seriously. So that's the personality component that makes what you say different from if someone was to go say the same thing, they would say it differently. But people, you know, your personality is your secret weapon online. That's what keeps people coming back to you for that information. I'm also very honest. So just recently, I was, I've been told that I'm a finalist in an award for best collaborator, but I nominated myself. So I put on the post that I nominated myself, but the judges chose me as a finalist. Because you get people that come on and they'll go, oh my God, can't believe we've been nominated for this award. And you think, I know damn well that you nominated yourself. So (laughs) I'll always be, (laughs) I'll always be honest as well in my posts. And I think that kind of makes people go, oh, you know. Yeah, they can't try and fib because you're going to call them out. I love that. Yeah, because that's super relatable. Like we're all trying to build our businesses and our brands and win awards. And I think people appreciate that kind of honesty. Yeah. And they want to work with someone. They want to work with someone yeah. who's honest too. I, I, yeah, I of course. I've never thought about that. But yeah, I yeah, because I, I'd hate to be called out. I'd hate to fib and then be called out. And it, that would just be so embarrassing. So Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think it's a good example of how each one of these small actions have a compounding effect, right? The way people experience your brand is not based on what you post on LinkedIn today. It's based on what you've been posting for the last year and how you've been showing up consistently. You're a really good example of that because I could pretty much cover up your profile photo and your name and still know the post is from you. And that's because you're consistent and you're true to your personality. And I put commas in all the wrong places. 
<laughs> I, I haven't noticed that one, so don't worry. I'm more just focused on what's the joke today and what's going to make me belly laugh. <laughs> I have loved this little conversation, our little virtual conversation. You know, the three of us all working away at home, self-quarantined, but being productive, but not being productive without also having a laugh. Oh, Absolutely. We've talked about content creation. We've talked about pricing and making sure you're not giving your work away for free. The future of at-home working. What a fun little conversation. It's so lovely to talk to you. I've not had the opportunity to meet Lauren face-to-face before. but Well, we've done our podcast before, but not in real life. I've not met you in real life. But I've, yeah. I've had the opportunity to meet Phil in real life. But every time I'm with you, I, all three of us together, I just want to stay. I want to get another cup of tea and we have a chat. I know. Maybe talk about biscuits and... If anybody gets a chance to work with these two, you've got to do it. It's just... You're so kind. What we'll do at the time of publishing this episode, Catherine, we'll go live on LinkedIn, which is your, you know, your platform where you show up. So we'll... And then on that broadcast, we'll try and tease people into listening to this episode because there's lots of good little nuggets in here. So just look forward to that, okay? And if you're, you're listening to this episode, know that we will either be live now or we will have been live around the time of publishing this. So go and check that out for some more laughs. So there, we have something to look forward to. The neighbor's just gone, got through again. I just need to mark that on my on my list. (laughs) Are you going to like report them? Like, are you going to yell at them and be like, get back inside? Yeah. Well, if there's a fifth time, then I'm going to have to go out and have a word. It's the same neighbors? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm only joking. (laughs) Actual patrol. Yeah. You're doing a service. (laughs) Serving your community. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I never want this call to end. I know. Catherine, thank you for joining us again on Brand Therapy and for sharing your insights today. Not at all. I am so pleased you asked me. Thank you so much, both of you. Thank you. 